Welcome to PCTY Talks, a new podcast from the human capital management software provider, Paylocity. I'm your host, Sherry Simpson, and as an HR program manager at Paylocity, I will be navigating our journey together as we explore bite-sized topics around HR thought leadership, compliance, diversity and inclusion, and product knowledge. If you have an idea for a future podcast topic, please drop me a note at PCTYTalks at Paylocity.com. On today's episode, I have Corinne Tyrone, our Director of Government Relations, joining us again to talk about some recent changes related to verifying documentation on I-9s. Corinne, thanks again for joining me today. Yeah, happy to be here. You know, today I want to talk about what we're seeing that is coming out of the Department of Homeland Security, USCIS, and E-Verify. On March 20th, they made an announcement that they're providing employers with additional flexibility in completing the Form I-9 and also responding to tentative non-confirmation or E-Verify case results. So I thought maybe you could talk a little bit about how employers are going to be impacted by those changes to I-9. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's a great call out. And I think, um, you know, as we've kind of seen the coronavirus pandemic roll through the country, we're seeing a lot of agencies ad- adapt to that um, in a bunch of different ways. So one thing that I think is really um, worth calling out that you just alluded to is that uh, generally speaking, as you're going through the process of completing a Form I-9 as an employer, you're required to view those Section 2 documents in person and make sure that they look um, real, authentic. That's that's part of your responsibility as an employer. And generally speaking, there aren't really a lot of, um, there's not a lot of wiggle room there. However, in this situation, since so much of the country is being asked to work remotely um, and is under shelter in place orders and that kind of thing, um, the in the enforcement agencies, DHS um, specifically, are, are looking at the situation and saying, you know, realistically, a lot of people are not able to view these documents in person live. So if you're starting a new hire during this time, we're going to create a little bit of flexibility for you so that you can still onboard that employee. So for the short, for this short-term period of time, you're able to review those documents remotely. So what are the acceptable modes of review that they're actually um, allowing employers to do? So um, they've kind of indicated that there are a couple of different ways you might be able to handle this. So one of them is video. I know a lot of people are getting very comfortable using like Skype or Zoom right now where you're basically, um, you know, video chatting with the person that you're working with. So that's one of the ways that you can handle it. Um, They're also saying that you can handle this by fax or by email if that's easier for you. So one thing that I do think is important to call out here, though, is that After you have received these documents via one of these virtual methods, you do have to um, make a copy of them, keep a copy of them, retain it with that Form I-9. And then you also need to note on the Form I-9 that there was a delay in physically examining these documents. So specifically, you're supposed to write on it, COVID-19 delay in physical examination. So that is very important in the event that at some point you do get audited, which, you know, hopefully will never happen. But if it does and you were onboarding employees during this time, this is one of the, the things that you need to do to make sure that you remain in compliance. And you also need to make sure that um, you're still completing your Form I-9s within that three-day time frame that um, is the normal time frame. Yeah, that three-day um, limit does 
no changes there. So it's just the mode of how you're reviewing them. So mm-hmm. what are the next steps then for, for I-9? So the next step is, um, so you've, so you've looked at those documents remotely, you've made your copy, you've made your notation on the form. And then once your normal operations resume and you're no longer working remotely, the employees do need to come in and present that documentation to their HR department for that in-person verification. So you really should think of this as a delay in the requirement to physically view that document, not um, a waiver of that requirement. I like the way you phrase that. How long have they put this in effect for? It's going to be effect in effect for 60 days after March 20th. So um, starting March 20th of 2020, it's in effect for 60 days. The only possible change there is if there is um, a national declaration that there's no longer a state of national emergency, in which case this will be effective only for three more days. So if at some point there's a declaration that it's no longer a national emergency, three days after that, this is no longer effective. Okay. Where can you find like the full announcement of the details of, of this change? Uh, I can send that to you actually, and you can put it in the show notes. It's on, um, ice.gov slash news slash all. Perfect. So um, you also could probably just Google it and just something about, you know, flexibility for I-9 compliance. Those keywords would, would catch this article. Okay. I also mentioned earlier that this is going to affect tentative non-confirmations with E-Verify. Can you walk through how that's going to impact employers? Yeah, absolutely. So um, tentative non-confirmations uh, basically occur when you are verifying an employee through E-Verify and there's something that you've entered that doesn't match what um, the agencies have on file. So in this particular situation, E-Verify is giving employers a little bit of additional time to respond to the SSA TNCs and occasionally um, a little bit of additional time for the Department of Homeland Security TNCs. So um, those primarily the reason that we're getting a little bit of extra time is because those offices are um, closed due to coronavirus. So um, because of that, there's, you know, we know that employers might not be able to respond as quickly. There might not be anyone at the agency to um, help with anything. So it's just, it's just kind of giving a little bit of extra leeway there. Um, So in the short term, employers do still need to notify employees about the result of having a tentative non-confirmation as soon as they can. And then the employee can choose to um, try to resolve that and update, um, make an update as soon as they're able to do that. So in the interim, what are the temporary policies that are in place for this? Okay, so um, that's a great question. Uh, Employers still need to create those E-Verify cases for their new hires within three days of hire. Um, So there's no change there. Employers have to use the hire date from the employee's I-9 when creating that E-Verify case. And then um, if the case creation is delayed for some reason, you can select other from that drop-down list and then enter COVID-19 as the specific reason um, to, you know, alert the the agencies as to why. Um, And then uh, lastly, employers shouldn't take any adverse action against the employee because the E-Verify case is in an interim status. Um, So that's just something to be mindful of, even if the interim status is extended. Yeah, that's, that last point is actually really interesting. 
So as employers want to make sure that they're staying up to date on what's happening, where is the best place to find the e-verify information? There's actually a ton of really helpful information um, on everify.gov. So they have like a whole news page um, that will have a bunch of coronavirus resources in addition to a myriad of other resources. Um, I do also want to point out that uh, here at Paylocity, if you are one of our clients, you can access a ton of information through Peak about changes, regulatory changes that are coming through for coronavirus. So there's a whole page, um, including all kinds of federal changes, including these, as well as um, you know the Families First Act and the CARES Act, um, as well as a ton of information about stay-at-home orders and shelter-in-place orders. So there's a lot of information about um, these changes, as well as a lot of other changes there that can help you kind of navigate um, these these new waters. I mean, I know there's a lot going on right now, so we're doing everything we can to provide resources to help you, you know, continue to remain compliant even though the requirements are kind of changing every day. Yeah, I really like that, that we have some resources out there. So I will include those in the show notes, the couple links that Corinne mentioned, as well as a link to our coronavirus preparedness kit so that you can access that. We do keep that update with some of the legislation changes coming that Corinne had talked about. So again, Corinne, thanks for joining me today. Oh, thanks so much for having me.